by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Welcome to Cairo Nights, everybody. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We're glad you're with us tonight. Little mix up there, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. This is the sound of the band Television, their most known song, Marquee Moon. This is because uh, the guitarist, the founding member, if I'm not mistaken? Correct, yes. Tom Verlaine. Tom, Tom Verlaine passed away today at the age of 73 years of age. Uh, you know, I, and I, I apologize. I'm not familiar with the band, and I know uh, very little about Tom Tom Verlaine. Was he sick long? Uh, it was an ongoing illness. He had been sick for a while. Uh, television is one of those bands that I liken to the Velvet Underground. It's okay. a band that was not a popular band at the time, but they were a band's band. If you were heavily into music, if you were influenced by them, they influenced a lot of people. And Verlaine's guitar style in particular was very influential to other players in other bands. I can hear that, yeah. Play it, bring it back up a little, sure. play it again, yeah. Now, now that we've given the, the proper respect and acknowledgement. band yeah same community of musicians like Lou Reed Patti Smith exactly yeah got it oh brilliant stuff really is man oh you know it's it's a shame that what's what's popular isn't always what's good and it's what's good is doesn't get popular Especially in the era that these guys were fighting for attention. It was pre-internet. It was pre-YouTube. It was pre, you know, where you can always find an audience. It, good, good stuff finds an audience nowadays. Back then, you had to bust your ass club in it. You had to hope somebody saw you from a record label. You had to hope they put a little effort behind your record. When, they, when it got made, you sign a deal. You get a record. And a lot of bands, a lot of great bands who got a record deal and got it made didn't get any push. Didn't get any publicity, didn't get any radio play. And for for perspective, that song that I was just playing came out in 1977. Wow. And you hear it, if you're a person who doesn't know it, you hear it, and it sounds fresh. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh, man, what is this? Yeah. And, and you had mentioned that Tom had passed in, in the pre-show, and I'm like, yeah. But we just, man, uh, another one. And who else? Somebody else today passed, too, you show me. Yeah, Barrett Strong. He was an R&B singer that you might know for the song Money. Money don't get everything, it's true. What it don't get, I can't use. That's Barrett Strong. Okay. The okay. Beatles had a hit with it. But what I also 
what actually, as much as I am into music, I wasn't even aware of this, but he wrote some pretty big hit songs. He won a Grammy for Papa Was a Rolling Stone by The Temptations. Wow. He wrote that song. Barrett Strong passed at 81 over the weekend. Oh. Keeps happening, brother. And, and I hit a big I hit the big milestone on Friday. You know, it's great. It's great when you when you have your birthday and everyone was very very kind. I had so many nice uh thoughts and, and messages over my birthday on Friday. I turned 60, hit the big one. And it was it was fine on Friday when everybody was being so nice and so kind and now I'm just now I'm just it's I'm hitting the realization that it's not my birthday anymore, but I'm still old. So this is this is Barrett's version. Was this released? Hang on, I'll find out for you. Appreciate that, buddy. It was a number two hit on the R&B charts, 1960. Wow. When the Beatles cover your stuff, you know, I had no idea this wasn't a, a John Lennon, Paul McCartney original. I had no idea. That's that's how I was introduced to that record, of course. Also wrote Heard It Through the Grapevine. Seriously? Yes. So here's some of his credits. Heard It Through the Grapevine, War, the Edwin Starr song, uh, Smiling Faces by the Undisputed Truth, one of my favorite R&B singles of the 70s, a long line of psychedelic soul records from The Temptations, Cloud Nine, Can't Get Next to You, Ball of Confusion that was later covered by Love and Rockets. Wow. And of course, Papa was a Rolling Stone. So... (laughs) I've we've covered that as uh, uh, the twisted we covered the twisted tunes we've parodied we we did a song called Grandpa loved the Rolling Stones um and and I had no idea that Barrett Strong I was I was parodying Barrett Strong born in yeah. West Point Mississippi oh wow eighty one you know the 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 good part about that is though I mean not he oh eighty one is a it's that's a nice long life. But I, I had never heard the name Barrett Strong, which I'm embarrassed by, Grammy winner, and that much that much success. I, I like to think I know a little bit about music, but not nearly as much as you. I, I happily admit that you are captaining our team on that department. But I do know enough to know that Barrett Strong, being the writer of those songs, he had a great life and a comfortable life because writing is everything when it comes to royalties. That was actually something that he said. In fact, early in his music career, he wasn't making that much money. So he went to work at one of the auto factories in Detroit where he moved. And part of what he said was he knew that it was a good end to be a writer. And to have this many classic, iconic songs in your catalog, including the Grammy in 73 for Papa Was a Rolling Stone, my gosh. That's, they call that mailbox money. And he must have had a, just a wonderful royalty based to, to live a comfortable life as he should a nice uh, not just a comfortable life a good life wow <sighs> and I, I i heard this brought up earlier today 
And I don't mean to make fun, but if we're talking music, let's stay on the on the theme of music. And I'm going to steal from you what you gave me for the next break because this. How do you do this? How do you how do you not know this? Um, the Climate Pledge Arena, uh, when the Kraken play, they have a, uh, they have live music. You know, part of the in game entertainment is live music. Seahawks do it too. You know, and a band got uh, a band got booted. A band got fired from Climate Pledge Arena. They were uh, they were one of the live in house gig bands that play at Climate Pledge when the when the Kraken have a home game. Local band band called Who Is She, and I don't mean to poke fun at Who Is She, but Who Is She got canned from their gig at Climate Pledge Arena. And this is from the this is from the band's official Facebook page. In an unfortunate turn of events, apparently we are not welcome back at Jeff Bezos' Climate Pledge Arena for tonight and tomorrow night's hockey games. Glad we got to play our take on this. Uh, it's a LaTigra song called uh, Metro Card. We had a blast. Sorry to anyone who was hoping to see us play Go Kraken. And they, they did a little parody of a song called My Metro Card. They called it My Orca Card. It was cute. But in the song, they said uh, they, made a, they made a joke about Jeff Bezos. And, you know, I think I think I can actually play it, so I, I got it here. Okay, this may not go well because Matt. Every time I say Matt, let me play something live, he's like, okay. <laughs> anyway, bear with me. Here we go. Oh no, Jeff Bezos, he's such a total jerk. <laughs> Shut down all the bookstores. Billionaires do not work. Um, and again, guys, you know, good, good on you first off for getting the gig. It's a great gig. Um, and who is she? You know, I, I wish them nothing but the best in their future work. You know, they're going to, they're, they're obviously, they're going to get more work. Um, but from their upcoming album, we don't know who signs our checks. Here's a song that makes fun of Jeff Bezos while we play at a Kraken game. I mean, guys, come on. How do you? It does kind of renew your spirit and faith in rock and roll, though, that they had the. The Stones? The nerve, yes, yeah. to. To just get out the there punk and. punk rock thing, you know? Punk, yeah, and just call, call, their, call the guy who signs their checks a total jerk. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty yeah, rock and I, roll. Yeah, there's, there's, there's an admirable. Yeah, you're right. And it's not like they lost a job opening for the Stones the on a world right. tour. The, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, in fact, uh, you know who Aaron Jones is? Aaron Jones is. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, Aaron got a great gig. He opened for the Stones for quite a few shows in Europe. Um, yeah, that's local kid. We had him on our show when we used to have live music every Friday in the show when I was on with Bob Rivers. We would bring different bands and uh, touring bands would come through. And we'd set them up to play live in the studio with a drum kit in the corner and a bass in the other room, mic'd up and kind of try to mix it ourselves. And ourselves, Bob did all the work because he knows music and I did nothing but ask brilliant people stupid questions. You know, that was my part of the mix. Uh, but we had Aaron come in and when he was just getting started in town and saw how brilliant that kid is, that young man, excuse me, that accomplished now global recording star is now. Um. But you know what he didn't do, Aaron? Didn't say Bob Rivers, he's a jerk. You know, he didn't do that, man. Oh. 
ladies, and it's and I, you know. Well, Ed, too. Now more people have heard of them than probably you, would have. No, that, that's that's true. I think G was saying that today too. It's time to time to change your band name to Cancel Culture and go on this national tour about how Jeff Bezos doesn't have a sense of humor. We could show a picture of him with his haircut and prove it to be true. If you um, were a billionaire, would being called a jerk bother you by a band? No. And, and, and you know, it's funny you say that because um, in the story, you know, the, the marketing department issued a statement um, from, you know, K- Katie Townsend is the chief marketing officer for the Kraken. And they say that they weren't fired because of that line. They weren't fired because they they called Jeff Bezos a jerk in their song. Um, that says, we do not believe in censoring the, those artists, as is reflected by the variety of acts who perform at Climate Pledge Arena. He said, however, we reserve the right to part ways early with an act if their behavior does not meet the professional standards we expect. We also must ensure that the act is appropriate for the family audience that attends our games. And God forbid a teenager hear the word jerk. No. And we require our artists are professional, punctual, and avoid consuming alcohol during their performance. I'm liking this band more already. I, I, I kinda, I'm kind of coming around on this, too. As such, who is she will not be playing the next two games. We wish them well. And, uh, you know, to your point, I don't think Jeff Bezos has a clue that these guys called him a jerk. And I bet that if Jeff Bezos heard they were fired for calling him a jerk, he'd probably want them back. He'd probably up their 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 spotlight. You know, I don't I don't know if Jeff Bezos is a jerk. You know, I mean Well, some of his employees might take issue with No, 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 that that's that's fair. That's true. <laughs> I I think you're probably right. But again, does you know, that's the decision Jeff Bezos makes. You know, do my floor manage do my floor employees at the fulfillment centers, do they get to stand or sit at their job? No, they have to stand at their job. Do they get to take enough bathroom breaks? No, they got to pee in Gatorade bottles. That's the kind of decision Jeff Bezos is probably making. That's where he has a hand in. But whether or not, you know, who is she called him a jerk during a song parody at Client Pledge Arena. Jeff probably wasn't on the, on, on the decision making on that one. They probably did not send to the boss, that one to the boss's desk. That's also a brilliant band name. Who is she? Yeah. It is. I tell you what, there's and I we had a band open for us this past summer, a local band, and I'm going to give them a free plug here because when I saw that you know that they were on the bill, and this was part of don't give me you know don't me don't me make our band sound too important. It was a show from another festival from another station. I'll be careful with my my praise. I think we can guess the one. Okay, yeah, Um, and it was a a big show down at White River Amphitheater, a national touring show. And we were asked if we wanted to open up for this national touring show. The way the logistics played out, the local bands weren't even on the main stage at White River Amphitheater. We were on a um, an auxiliary stage in the at the fairgrounds or the, the you know the venue grounds at the White River Amphitheater. But we had a great crowd, a couple thousand people got there when the gates opened to see the three bands play. We were the third of three bands, and the band that opened or played before us was a band called Always Naked. And I thought, man, that's, I don't know, that's kind of a kind of a cheesy name. You know, I'm like, that's really Always Naked? That seems like you're kind of pandering at that point. But then they got on stage. And first off, the band was fantastic. They, were they clothed? They were clothed. Oh, okay. That's the thing, yeah. Well, that's false advertising. I know. 
but and and they were and they were great. I I really really enjoyed this band. Always naked. They play locally. Um, but when they got on stage and the and the lead singer who was a, a lovely young lady, real great stage presence. When she had repeatedly the chance to say hi, we're always naked. I'm thinking that is genius. That is absolute genius, and I didn't see it. I had to be hit over the head with it a couple times before I saw the absolute marketing genius. Hi, we're always naked. That's right up there with free beer. That's how the bare naked ladies became a thing. That they put it on the marquee. Exactly. Bare naked ladies. People showed up in droves. Who wouldn't? Genius. So if you see we're always naked anywhere in town, tell them Spike was sorry he didn't believe from the moment he heard them. And thinks the world of their talent. Grammy-winning songwriter, Grammy-winning performer, Barrett Strong, gone at 81 years of age. It's Cairo Knights, Spike O'Neill and Matt Butler. We'll be right back after these. Stuff. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler, the late Barrett Strong, author and composer of that classic, and so many others. Matt, I appreciate you making that uh, making that the time to play all those. Man, somebody like that, so much contribution to the musical culture of this country. Oh, music soothes the savage beast, you know. And and there's a First Amendment story tonight on the. Uh, on the wires. And, uh, you know, I like all the amendments. I think they're all just top notch. That whole Fifth Amendment, boy, I couldn't tell you how many times I'd used, I tried using that one at home. My old man remind me this is not a court of law. There are more <laughs> than two amendments? This will yes. Be a, this will be a surprise to some people, right? <laughs> you don't get past the second one. Uh, you know, pleading the fifth. That one got a lot of juice last year. A lot of people pleading the fifth last year. I tried that at home. Tried that with the old with the old man. I, I refused to answer on the grounds that I might incriminate myself. Oh my goodness, this ain't a courtroom, son. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but I treated it with just as much respect from when my dad was in charge. You betcha. This is a First Amendment story, and it's a this one's out of Louisiana, but it's not not unique to the Bayou State. Uh, this town has routinely detained, cited, and forced a Mister Burnett. To go to trial 
to vindicate his constitutional rights. They've taken the extraordinary step of adopting a boldly unconstitutional local ordinance just to silence him. That's what the complaint reads. Because this man is suing the state of Louisiana. He has been ticketed four different times for exercising his free speech, his First Amendment rights. Now, he does it in a way that really pushes the envelope of your personal liberties. It runs them in directly in, in confliction in the face of public decency. As you can imagine, it's a political message, Mr. Uh, Mr. Burnett, Mr. Ross Burnett is, is championing, and you've seen it around the country. And it's a, uh, it's kind of a let's go Brandon kind of a, in, kind of a message, if you get me. He's got a huge, two huge flags on his pickup truck, and he loves driving through his hometown. Uh, and it, they say FJB, but they don't. They spell out all of it. J O E is spelled out. B I D E N is spelled out. The first word is spelled out too in big letters on his truck through town. And so when he's when he's doing that, when he's exercising his First Amendment rights. His hometown is also saying that he's violating public decency, uh, the public decency laws of Grand Isle, Louisiana. He was ticketed. He was he had a court date. He fought that court date on uh, grounds of his First Amendment constitutional rights of free speech. And he won his case. He was found not guilty of public indecency. Because. The, the law, as it's stated, is uh, it's, a, it's an indecency. Uh, it, c- applying contemporary community standards that appeal to the period interest and the, har- and the hardcore sexual content and is presented in a patently offensive way. And the conduct taken as a whole lacks serious literary, art- art- it lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. That's what they say is an indecent public statement or an indecent act. It lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. So the judge in the case said, okay, it does have serious political value that you are, this is your statement about the current president of the United States. And he was found not guilty in his case and told not to do it again, even though he'd won and was found not guilty. Don't go flying your FJB flags on your truck through the streets of this town again. And he did. He did it three more times, got cited three more times by the same officer. Cop obviously had it in for him, even though he'd won his case in court, was found not guilty of of public indecency, of obscenity in public with his flags. And it just makes you wonder how... What law, what, what right is more important? The right of the town not to be offended on a regular basis because of somebody's political views or the right for that person to, to champion that free speech, that First Amendment right? Well, while we're talking First Amendment, what about the ability to use the First Amendment to articulate your political point of view in a way that doesn't offend your neighbors and their children? Well, of, of course you should. Be allowed to practice that, and this, the, I mean, does the man have a lack of vocabulary? Is he unable to say this another way that doesn't violate the standards of his Louisiana community? I, I think, I think that wouldn't make his point, and I and I also think that offending his community is as important as 
it's it's you know triggering is the word that's thrown around most often, right? Triggering. He wants to trigger. Triggering him is is as much fun and as much benefit to that man. And I'm just assuming here. Triggering is as important as saying how he feels about the president of the United States. Here's the thing. If we went to that town in Louisiana and you and I went on the air and said that even in the edited form, mm-hmm. we probably would not survive on a radio station in small town <laughs> Louisiana. But he gets to display it in a banner. So talking contemporary community standards, well, that's not even applied equally. We couldn't even say that on the airwaves, but he could say it on his truck. Well, I, I tell you what, he's he's his case is not unique. There was a gentleman in... New Jersey, that was uh, being cited $250 a day for his displaying his, you know, I'm trying to be careful here, his FJB flags, right, at his home. He had these flags flying at his home uh, and, and numerous flags, you know. I mean, you, we've all seen these these flags that for sale at various rallies or various public gatherings, you can see them. In fact, you couldn't sell this sign at a state fair. If you had a booth where you sold American flags, state flags, whatever it might be, the, the don't tread on me flag, the Confederate, even the Confederate flag, but, but you couldn't sell the ones that were blatantly profane at the state fair, right? There are decency guidelines for merchants, retailers, but they're protected free speech, political speech. A guy in New Jersey was uh, cited and, and told to take down his signs. He refused, arguing his right to free speech. He was fined $250 a day for, for, for displaying signs with profanity. And then that was challenged in court and that was overturned. It's happened in New Jersey. It's happened in now Louisiana. There are other states. It's happening as well. People exercising their right to be vulgar in their political views. And here's the thing. I don't I don't think I don't think this is the right decision. Your point about public decency, about public standards. We can't do that on a radio station. I mean, you know, here's the thing, Matt, we could. We could say those things. We could say FJB on this radio station. We have every right to do that. And we would have consequences for doing that. We would lose our jobs. Right? So this guy should have the right to fly that flag. And he should, uh, it should come with the consequence of being ticketed, being fined, being a paying court cost when the court tells him not to do that. There should be consequences for that free speech. You know, and it's not, I don't agree with this view. But I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't fight for the right for an an FDJT flag on my car. I, you know, I see those guys riding around town, and it's and it seems to me. I don't mean to be you know assumptive, but it seems to me that's always, most always, the FJB flags that you see flying. You know, it seems to me it's that side that celebrates the Let's Go Brandon movement. They're the ones that take pride. In, in in triggering the libs, you know, that's that's kind of a goal. It's a stated goal. It's a political objective. And if you if you choose to do it, you want to do it, that's fine. I think it should come with consequences. I think it should come with that 250 a day penalty. 
if, if it's that important you to say that, if that's the message you really got to get out there, you wouldn't mind paying 250 bucks a day to do so. Since when did coarseness in society become a conservative talking point? I, I think it came down a golden escalator. I think that's the day it started. And, I, and you know what? And that's not fair because you can look through our country's history of political discourse and when they used to have to draw cartoons, political cartoons, and hang them up in the town square because most of the population couldn't read yet. Most of the population of early America, not a lot of folks were, were, were schooled, were book learned. And that's, that's how the political cartoon came to be because they wanted to make sure even folks who couldn't read understood the horrible things they wanted to say about their opponents. So that, that level of classless political discord goes back way, way, way beyond our lifetime, this generation. But it is, it's getting more and more time of day to be crass and clueless, and, or classless, I should say. Crass and classless in your political statements. Just our opinion, but this guy's fighting for his right to be uh, to be vulgar. It's Cairo Knights, I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler, and we'll be right back. Composition of the late Barrett Strong. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. A lot of folks uh, care about this story, in, and it's in multiple states. Louisiana, New Jersey, New York, Florida, of course. All these states have, have cases where citizens are fighting for their right to make political, vulgar political speech in public. It says a lot about where we're at, that rather than discuss real solutions to real problems, we're fighting for the right to be vulgar. Come on. Well, and we have that right. We have the right to fight. You know, we talked last week about the gun uh, laws being proposed by this year's Washington State Legislative down in Olympia, how that uh, it's being asked uh, to be, it's, it's being discussed to uh, require gun owners in this state to take a state gun safety course, a competency course. And folks want to fight for the right to not have to do that. They want to literally fight for the right to be an irresponsible and, un, well, untrained gun owner. And I would put forth that anybody who is untrained on how to safely own and operate a firearm is being irresponsible. I think most smart gun owners would agree with that. You have the constitutional right to, to own a firearm in this country, absolutely. But you have the responsibility as a gun owner to do that responsibly, safely, in a way that doesn't put the community at further risk by storing a gun unsafely or operating a firearm without the proper training to do that safely. That's, you know, with with rights come responsibilities. The right to free speech comes with the responsibility to uh, be respectful of your community. You can't, you can't fly a Klan flag in your neighborhood emboldened with the N-word. You can't do that. There are laws against that. That's not, a, that's not a violation of your First Amendment's rights. That's expressed consequences when you abuse your First Amendment right. You have the right to say whatever you want, but that right doesn't always come without consequences if you abuse that right. 
We want to live in a society that protects all of us, gives all of us. I have the right to not be offended in public, don't I? Right? I have the right to not have racial slurs displayed in public. I don't have to be African-American to not want to see the M-word up on the side of a building or on a flag coming from a pickup truck. I have that right not to be offended like that, as, as does every American. Sometimes our rights push up against each other. Texture says, the government limiting political speech is different than your examples. Finding them is a, is a sense of limiting them, and that is the first and, and in their First Amendment right. Now, we, we, I think we disagree there. You know what? I want to go to this town, walk around naked, and see how long it takes them to interfere with my freedom of speech. Freedom of expression. I mean, you know, we all have individual liberties and rights, but we also have a, a duty to our fellow citizens and our community standards. Matt can't walk around naked. It would intimidate too many people. True. And it would, it would elicit envy. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. <laughs> you, have to, you have to realize. Well, my point being is that certain forms of speech and certain forms of protest and behavior are considered indecent. So this guy displaying this unedited expletive is indecent. People's kids can see that. Right. If, if these folks that are saying it's it's protect and the judges are saying it's protected political speech, this guy won his case in Louisiana. The guy in New Jersey won his case as well. These judges are saying this is protected political speech. These judges are saying that your children shouldn't be protected from people flying the f word on the back of a pickup truck. A whole parade of them. That I hope that I hope this I hope some some intrepid talk jock takes this to the FCC. Howard Stern now would not be fined for half the stuff he did back in the day if this standard were applied. Right. So uh, interesting analogy. You know, we have standards we have to adhere to. You know, I can't even I can't even tell you what's on that flag in the context of a news story. I can't read that flag on that guy's pickup truck verbatim over the air because we have community standards in, in the licensing of this radio station. We know that anybody, since it's a free product, not like an HBO subscription or something like that. We have a free product, free over the over the federally protected airwaves. That uh, families, there are decency laws. We can't say that. We can't read the story in a news context. But you can ride down the street with that on your pickup truck as protected free speech. It's it's an interesting dynamic of rights in this country. Everyone, you know, I've always heard that old analogy: your right to throw a punch stops at my nose is right to not be hit. You know, our rights butt up against each other quite often. Quite often these cases go to court and we have the third branch of government, the judicial, decide what is best. Judicial is supposed to be a non-biased arbiter that goes by the letter of the law, how it interprets the law. Um, someone mentions Rachel in Auburn, and Rachel, we did hear this to just while we have a moment, and we should have brought this up earlier. I apologize for not doing so. Um, another American icon lost was lost today, passed away. Cindy Williams, Shirley Feeney, the quieter, calmer, comedic foil of Laverne and Shirley. Obviously, you know Penny Marshall's Laverne DeFazio was the was the brazen wild one, but Cindy Williams. Her Shirley to Laver- in Laverne and Shirley, 
Americana all the way. The cute girl next door. You know, the good girl of those two. Laverne was the wild one. Shirley was the was the good girl. And Cindy Williams passed away today at the age of 78. Our condolences, thoughts, and prayers to her families. It's the thing about getting old, Matt. You know what you got to do? You got to start getting younger heroes. If you have younger heroes, you won't have to watch so many of them fade away. That's why I admire Harry Styles so much. Yeah, he'll be he'll be making records long after you or I are gone. That's great, you know. Make make your heroes younger. If you if you start worshiping people much older than you, you're going to watch them all pass away. <laughs> it's Kyra Knight. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back.